Saints fans, Pelicans fans, let's go. This is the Black and Blue Report. Black. Bree is going to go deep. He's got ground. Touchdown. Blue. Down the lane. Shoots. No. Tip follow in for Davis with three tenths of a second left. Welcome into the podcast for the fans, straight from the teams they love. It's good to see you guys, and uh, I didn't know we had Studio B here in our facility. Good setup. Now that I know where your guys' little office is, I can pop in here whenever I want. Well, we're playing through AD, and so everybody's going to have to adjust to that. Coaches, players, analysts, celebrities, and more. That guy's Anthony Mackie. I've gotten in many of our arguments about the Pelicans and the Saints uh, over the years. Harry County Jr. joins us here on the Black and Blue Report. Undoubtedly, to me, the Saints are the singular reason that New Orleans is back on the map. Hoda Kotb from the Today Show on NBC, our guest. You know, New Orleans gets in your blood. The Saints never leave it once they get in there. This is the Black and Blue Report, straight from the source. No appointment radio. Wherever, whenever. Now, from Studio B, or from wherever the Saints or Pelicans might be, here's Daniel Sellerson. What's up, and welcome into the Friday edition of the Black and Blue Report. I'm Daniel Sellerson, filling in for Sean Kelly, who is on his way to Indianapolis, where the Saints will take on the Colts tomorrow night. I'm so excited that it's Friday. I don't know about you, but I am ready for the weekend and I'm ready for a little football tomorrow night the Saints and Colts will take the field tomorrow at Lucas Oil Stadium for preseason game number three if you're going to pick a preseason game to watch I would say this is the one week three of the preseason is when the starters get the most snaps and with two great offenses like the Saints and the Colts it should be a good game to watch tonight's game will be nationally televised on CBS not on CST Ian Eagle and Dan Fouts will have the call for CBS. Of course, John DeShazer and Sean Kelly will have plenty of coverage on NewOrleansSaints.com. The Saints did practice yesterday indoors and closed to the public. Drew Brees was out there looking good and is expected to play tomorrow night. Here are some of his goals for tomorrow night's game. Look look sharp, make good decisions, um, score points. I uh, feel like we get you know, good tempo and rhythm going in the game. Like I mentioned before, this is a game where starters will play more snaps and try to implement some of their game plan for the regular season. Breeze talks about the importance of this game against the Colts. It is important. It is important. That's why I want to play well. Um, I want to. I want to get out there and feel comfortable. Um, and I feel like you know this week has been great, just to you know get back out and, and, and feel like I'm you know throwing the ball like I should. And um, now it's just time to take it to the you know the game field and, and go through this final dress rehearsal before the season. As most of you know, number nine has not played in a preseason game this season due to a left oblique strain. So one reporter asked yesterday if he has shaken off the rust since returning to practice. I don't know about shaking off the rust. Maybe just a, uh, you know, anytime you're coming off an, an injury that was directly related to you throwing, you know, there's this ramp up that takes place, you know. So um, obviously I didn't want to push it too hard, too fast because uh, I didn't want to uh, take any unnecessary chances with it. So just kind of that, just that, that progression, you know, each day of, okay, I can do a little bit more. I can kick up the volume, kick up the intensity. And then finally, when you're out here again, I think I'd say the first day or two, you're a little bit, ah, how's it feeling on every throw? And after a while, you're like, come on, man, forget it. Just play ball. And I'm at that stage right now. I'm just, just, just playing ball. 
Breeze had an outstanding college career at Purdue, which is about an hour from Indianapolis, and is looking forward to getting back to Indiana this weekend. Yeah, well, never played in Lucas Oil, um, other than, you know, we went up there in 08 uh, to uh, evacuate um, from one of the hurricanes um, and practiced in that facility, but never played a game or anything like that there. So that element and, yeah, you know, going back an hour from Purdue, pretty cool. Um, so I, I, I know there's a lot of Purdue folks in the crowd, even though they'd be wearing blue and white. <laughs> It'll be nice to see Mr. Breeze out there tomorrow night against Indy. We have a good show for you today. We'll continue to preview tomorrow night's game. We'll give you analysis from both sides. John DeShazer from NewOrleansSaints.com will help me preview the Saints side of things. And Bob Kravitz from WTHR 13 in Indianapolis, who covered the Colts for the Indianapolis Star for 14 years, will come on and give us his take from the Colts' perspective. There's also some basketball to talk about with Team USA suiting up tonight in another exhibition game against Puerto Rico, which means another chance to see Anthony Davis. Jim Eichenhofer from Pelicans.com will talk a little Team USA and break down the Pelicans preseason schedule that was released yesterday at Pelicans.com. So let's get started with a Saints preview of tomorrow night's game. John DeShazer will join me next on the Black and Blue Report. Pelicans head coach Monty Williams, Anthony Davis, and your Pelicans have been working throughout the offseason to take this team to the next level. Ticket plans for the 2014-15 season are on sale now. There's a variety of packages for all fans, featuring half-season and 12-game options, including the ever-popular weekend plan that averages a couple of games a month. Packages start as low as $185. Visit pelicans.com or call 525-HOOP and take flight with your Pelicans today. Fans cheer on your Pelicans as they play their final preseason game against the Dallas Mavericks at the CenturyLink Center in Bossier City on Thursday, October 23rd. Prices start at just $9 from www.ticketmaster.com. While in town, enjoy the opening weekend of the State Fair of Louisiana, our numerous casinos, including the world-famous Horseshoe Casino, and Hotel. Check out hotel packages for the game and other things to do at shreveport bossierorg or call 888-45-VISIT. Welcome back to the Black and Blue Report. Here's Daniel Sellerson. Well, it's the day before a Saints game, which means it's time to bring in the big gun to talk about it. Joining me in Studio B is Saints senior writer John DeShazer. JD, always a pleasure having you on, my friend. Uh, is that big gun or pop gun? I'll take either. Well, you know. Whichever one you want. I'd rather, have, I'd rather be the big gun, but I'll take pop gun. I'll take any kind of gun right now. How about top gun? Even better. Even All better. Right. Top Gun John DeShazer in Studio B <laughs> previewing Saints-Colts tomorrow night. Well, J.D., two preseason wins is a good sign, but both of them didn't really look the same. The first one uh, versus the Rams looked a lot better than the second one against the Titans. Well, the first one was a little cleaner, even though Coach Payton didn't necessarily like the, the 10 penalties. The other one, the second one, when it jumped up to 22 penalties, was really just a, a sloppy ball game from that standpoint. And some of them were, were – uh, penalties that I like to call you know low football IQ just things that shouldn't happen and uh, the other ones were you know going along with the infractions that have been going along this entire preseason where you have the illegal contact downfield or you have the uh, the the hand to the to the head uh, penalties on the line points of emphasis that you figure either the players will adjust to or the officials will kind of kind of backtrack from a little bit when the regular season starts because right now the games are simply too long 
But um, but yeah, the second game was really uh, it dragged out because of all the penalties, and uh, and it was a game that Coach Payton was extremely you know he was not livid, but he was he was broiling a little bit because of all the penalties. So what are some of the points of emphasis for Sean Payton looking into Saturday's game against Indianapolis? Well, you got to clean up the penalties. I think he'll be looking at that first and foremost. And uh, second, this being the third preseason game, this is the closest approximation to a regular season game that the Saints will have and most NFL teams will have. So you want to go out and you want to have some good offensive and defensive efficiency. I know defensively they have given up you know, early scores in the first two preseason games. They did the exact same thing last year, actually, before they kind of gelled and figured it out. You hope that will be that wouldn't be the case this year where they have the slow starts. But even then, the number one defense has given up those early scores, but then they've kind of rebounded. Offensively, they want to have a little bit of efficiency simply because – you know, and both units, they're not going to be on the field that long. And it's the third, third preseason game. It is going to be the one that's most like a regular season game. But you don't want those guys to be out there forever. You want to get them in, get them out, don't get anyone injured. One of those guys is Drew Brees, who is expected to play on Saturday. How much do you see him playing um, on Saturday night? Well, he he speculated that it might be a half. and uh, But if they, again, as Drew said, you know, if they have three series and they score touchdowns on all three, he might not, you know, he might come out right after that third one. But he's got to get out there and, and, you know, not necessarily knock off the rust. But, you know, he he hadn't worked live game speed with these receivers in this preseason. You know, so this will give him a chance to get his timing back. You know, obviously you want the you want the execution, you want to score the points, but you want to get the timing down more than anything. And uh, you know, I don't think they want a snap count to get very high. He speculated again, you know, the first half, but he said if it goes bad, then they could go longer than the first half. So, you know, we don't know exactly how long, but I guess uh, uh, two quarters is pretty much the benchmark. And talking about the secondary on the other side, this seems like you're getting some players back: Jairus Bird, Champ Bailey, Patrick Robinson. All those guys seeming pretty healthy for tomorrow. I think once those guys stepped on the practice field Wednesday night in Mandeville, that it was the first time Champ Bailey, Jairus Bird, Kenny Vaccaro, and Keenan Lewis had been as a starting unit in the Saints secondary since uh, since all since Jairus Bird got here and 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 since uh, Champ Bailey got here. So it was the first time they've been together. And guys like Bird and Champ Bailey, they don't need a ton of reps. I mean, they're vets. And Champ Bailey, you know, he's a 12-time Pro Bowler. He's heading to the Hall of Fame. They don't need a lot, but they do need to get some. This is a new defensive system for he and Bird. So they need to get out there and get the reps in. Keenan Lewis was a little banged up, but he returned to practice. So you just want to see those guys intact and to get a little bit of a rhythm together, kind of get a little, you know, a, a little something going, a little chemistry to see how they work together. Is it a benefit then with the Colts being a pretty good offense with Luck, Reggie Wayne, and company? This is a good test for Rob Ryan and his defense and just to see how these guys are playing together? Yeah, I think absolutely because, you know, even though the, the, the Colts won't game plan like they would during the regular season. Right. They'll throw something at the Saints. And so you want to see how they respond. You know, T.Y. Hilton is a, a dynamic wide receiver. He was a rookie last year for, for the Colts. Reggie Wayne, you know, local kid, went to John Aaron High School. He's supposed to be coming back for the Colts this weekend. We'll see how that goes. So the, the, the Colts have some offensive weapons, obviously. Andrew Luck at quarterback, who's very, very, very good at what he does. So they can stretch you. They can stretch you pretty wide, and they can go pretty deep on you. They got someone who can take the top off, which is T.Y. Hilton. So it'll be a good test for the Saints to see how they fare for one one half against a team that they've game planned for, and a team that has game planned against them. Last question on the Saints side: Which players should fans look out for as far as players either trying to make the team or uh, position battles or guys coming off of injury? 
Well, I mean, I think we, you know, you got to pay attention to the secondary because you've got some guys back there who've been banged up who haven't played, including Patrick Robinson. Patrick Robinson, Jerry's Bird, Jarris Bird, and Champ Bailey are three guys who've been banged up a little bit lately. So you want to see if they play and how well they hold up when they're out there. In terms of position battles, you know, the center position, I don't know if it's a great battle. It'll be interesting to see who starts. Because, again, if this is the closest you're going to have to a regular season game, it's important to see who's snapping the ball to Drew Brees, whether it's Jonathan Goodland, Goodwin or Tim Lolito. And also you have, you know, the receivers. I'm not exactly sure how many Coach Payton's going to keep. If he keeps five, then it could be a battle to the finish between two guys like um, Nick Toon and Joe Morgan. However, if he keeps six, then those two guys will probably be pretty safe. And, you know, everybody else behind them, depending on how much the Saints like them, to try to get somebody on the practice squad maybe. And the practice squad has been expanded to ten players now, so you have a little bit more room to work with. And I think for the most part those two positions are the ones I'm looking at the most. Safety seems to have kind of cleared itself up. You've got your top three safeties in Bird, Rafael Bush, and Kenny Vaccaro. You've got your fourth guy who looks like it's going to be Vinny Sinceri, the fifth-round pick. And so the fifth guy, now that might, if they only keep five safeties, that, that fight's going to be between Marcus Ball and Pierre Warren. And Pierre Warren is an undrafted rookie that they like a whole lot. Eric Ball, uh, Eric Ball, Marcus Ball came from the CFL and he's, you know, 27 years old and pretty much a grown man now. But but Pierre Warren has really done some things to kind of turn your head a little bit in uh, in, in preseason and in, in training camp. So that'll be interesting to see what happens with that position because if the Saints only keep five, one of those guys is going to be gone. If they keep six, which is a lot of safeties, but Rob Ryan does play a lot of three safety alignments. But if they keep six, then both of them seem to be pretty seem to be pretty safe. So a lot to look out for tomorrow night in Indianapolis. That's John DeShazer, senior writer for NorleansSaints.com. No TV for JD this weekend as the game will be nationally televised on CBS. But make sure to check out his work on the website this weekend as him and Sean Kelly will have full coverage from Lucas Oil Stadium. JD, safe travels, my friend. Thank you, thank you. It'll be uh good to go to Indy and turn around as opposed to being somewhere for 25 days like we were in West Virginia. So it'll be good to get home on Sunday and and have a day off. There you go. When we come back, we'll get the Colts perspective on tomorrow's game with Bob Kravitz from WTHR in Indianapolis. Gatorade knows every victory starts from within. It's the determination to come up big when it matters most. But no athlete does it alone. They need training and fuel to perform. That's how greatness comes from within. Win from within. Lotto is all across Louisiana with cash jackpots starting at $250,000. That's a whole lot of cash. From the neon lights of Shreveport, Bossier City, to the banks of Grand Isle, Lotto is your game. It doesn't leave the state, and there's nothing like it anywhere else. It's Louisiana fun just for Louisiana. Lotto, it's a whole lot of cash. Must be at least 21 to purchase. Visit pelicans.com and sign up to be a Pelicans insider today. You'll get inside access to an exclusive pre-sale for tickets to Pelicans opening night for the 2014-15 season. Sign up now to be an insider at pelicans.com. We call it No Appointment Radio. You're listening to the Black and Blue Report. Well, we just heard from our John DeShazer and got a Saints point of view for tomorrow's game, and now it's time to hear from Colts camp. Joining me on the phone is Bob Kravitz, who covered the Colts 
for the Indianapolis Star for 14 years and recently accepted a job with WTHR 13. Bob, thanks for coming on and congrats on the new gig. Well, thank you very much. Appreciate it. Bob, the Colts had that huge comeback in the AFC wildcard last season against the Chiefs and then fell to the Patriots in the divisional round. What are expectations from the team and fans heading into this season? I think most people look at this team and think they're a double-digit victory team. Um, you know, they've won 11 games each of the last two years while really completely rebuilding with a new quarterback and new faces pretty much everywhere in the roster. So, you know, I think the feeling here is that Andrew Luck really comes of age and makes that big third-year jump that you see from all the top quarterbacks. And they win 10 to 12 games. They have a very easy schedule, uh, at least it looks that way right now on paper. And they play in the AFC South, which uh, is arguably the worst division in football. So you've got to think they're going to go at least 5-1 and one, uh, in the division. So uh, I think expectations here are very high that uh, they are really kind of on the second level, right, right behind uh, New England and Denver to come out uh, of the AFC and represent the conference. Now, the Colts have lost their first two preseason games. That really doesn't mean much in the grand scheme of things. But what have you seen from these, this team in those two games? Well, the, the first team has been terrific. Um, you know, they've moved the ball really well with Andrew Luck, especially when they go no huddle. Um, they, they've looked terrific. The, the, the real revelation of the preseason, to the extent that it's possible to have a preseason revelation, <laughs> is the defense. Uh, the, the front seven looks right now like it's going to be the best front seven they've had since uh, Ryan Grixon and Chuck Pagano came in. They added Art Jones. They added DeQuell Jackson. Uh, these guys can play. They're getting some great uh, contributions from uh, their first-round pick last year, Bjorn Werner, who's going to have to play really well those first four games while Robert Mathis is out serving a suspension. So um, they've been very, very pleased with the production they've gotten from their defense. And they've looked very good except, you know, except for that fourth quarter uh, when, you know, you're playing third and fourth stringers and they give up 27 points. But beyond that, they've looked, uh, they look very ready for the regular season. But we'll find out a lot more against, you know, a great quarterback like Drew Brees and a, and a dynamic offense like the Saints. Now, Indy ranked 20th in total defense last season, and like you said, you've been impressed with them in these first two preseason games. Do you expect them to be a lot better this season than they were last? I do, especially because of that front seven. If they can stay healthy. Now, there are still some questions, especially at the safety. Uh, they lost Alano Howell probably for the season with a neck injury, so they're really struggling right now to find who, you know, who their, who their uh, free safety is going to be. They need a really big season from LaRon Landry, who I thought was uh, very average at best last year. But this front seven has shown that it can, do, it can produce a pass rush without blitz in the house. Um, I think they will be a top half of the uh, league defense. And if they can do that, if they can be in the top 15, I think they've got a chance to win a whole lot of football games because this offense, uh, especially the passing offense, is going to be terrific. We're talking with Bob Kravitz, who covers the Colts for WTHR 13, previously with the Indianapolis Star. Let's go back to the offense for the Colts. They already have Reggie Wayne, T.Y. Hilton, Cody Fleemer with the receivers and the tight ends. Now they add Akeem Nix. What does he bring to this already solid offense? Well, you know, I mean, the, the, biggest, the biggest upgrade to me is, is Dwayne Allen. Dwayne Allen coming back at tight end from a season-ending injury last year. 
Hakeem Nix looks great against the Giants. It's too bad they can't play the Giants 16 times because <laughs> uh, I think he'd probably lead the league in receptions. Uh, Hakeem Nix has been very average in, in practice, but when the lights have gone on, he's been very good. Uh, I mean, that's a pretty good team when your third uh, wide receiver is a guy who, uh, you know, caught for over 1,000 yards uh, worth of passes just a couple years ago. And granted, he's coming off two year down years because of injuries, but, you know, they go pretty deep with Reggie, T.Y., Hakeem Nix. Uh, they love this rookie, Dante Moncrief. Uh, then Derek Rogers and, and, and Griff Whalen. They, this is as deep a uh, receiving core as I've seen in quite some time here in Indy. Now, preseason game number three means, for the most part, the starters get a good chance of playing a lot more, get a, more snaps. Do we see that with the Colts, too? Do we see Andrew Luck a lot more than in games one and two? Yeah, I would suspect that he's going to play into the third quarter. I mean, this is a dress rehearsal. They do game plan for these. Really, the big question here in Indy is whether Reggie Wayne and Robert Mathis will play. Uh, Reggie has been uh, uh, trying to talk Chuck Pagano into letting him on the field to play. Uh, so I think that's a game, what they call a game-time decision. I think they've already made their minds up, but they're not going to play their hand. And do you get Robert Mathis out there when he's going to miss uh, the first four games of the regular season? So there's a question there. But, yeah, they're going to play their starters, uh, I, would, I would suspect, into the third quarter. So for Saints fans that don't know too much about the Colts and their players, who should Saints fans look out for tonight as far as Colts players and who to watch for? Uh, people to watch for, I'll tell you what, defensively, uh, like I mentioned before, Bjorn Werner has been absolutely terrific. He has just flashed ever since the first day of, of training camp. He has been their best defensive player, so I'd watch for him in the pass rush. Um, you know, uh, you know T.Y. Hilton, is a guy, you know, they because of the addition, because Allen came back and then you got Hakeem Nix, they've been able to move T.Y. all over the place. And he is just so dangerous, especially on the inside, uh, you know, going up, you know, getting mismatches. So I would watch for T.Y. Hilton in the deep passing game. Well, it should be a good game to say the least, even though it's preseason, two dynamic offenses going head-to-head. Should be good time Saturday night. In Indy. That's Bob Kravitz from WTHR Channel 13 in Indianapolis. Bob, again, congrats on the new gig and enjoy the game tomorrow night. Okay, thanks so much. When we come back, we'll turn our attention to basketball and hear from Pelicans.com writer Jim Eichenhofer. You're listening to the Black and Blue Report. At the Auctioner Hospital for Children, no matter where you turn, you're surrounded by bravery. Children and teens dealing with health problems beyond their years. Parents working hard to keep the worry from their face. Doctors and nurses doing everything possible to get them back home where they belong. From rare brain tumors and leukemia to heart conditions and organ transplants, we offer a level of pediatric care unmatched in Louisiana. With more advanced capabilities than any other children's hospital in the region, Even our kids-only ER can handle any pediatric emergency. In fact, the only thing tougher than the problems we see every day are the kids themselves. Choose the Auctioner Hospital for Children and never wonder if you could have done more. Call 866-AUCTIONER to find an affiliated pediatrician near you. Auctioner. Healthcare with peace of mind. We're talking Pelicans basketball on the Black and Blue Report. 
time to talk a little basketball on the show, and here to talk about Team USA and the Pelicans' preseason schedule is none other than Pelicans.com writer Jim Meikenhofer. Jim, as always, it's a pleasure having you in Studio B, and I hope you enjoyed the fruit basket in your green room this morning. <laughs> Likewise, Daniel. It's always great to be here. I'm happy to stop by whenever you need me. I also picked out the red M&Ms just like you wanted to. <laughs> I know your demands are pretty high on a Friday. Yeah, I'm, I'm impressed that you actually listened to all of my uh, requests and were able to to check off everything on my lengthy list of, of demands. We give the guests what they want here, Jim. <laughs> this is the Black and Blue Report. No expenses. We do it all. I, I can tell. <laughs> Jim, on Wednesday night, the USA dominated the Dominican Republic 105-62. Anthony Davis, 16 minutes of play, 7 points, 4 rebounds, 2 block shots. Not a bad day at the office for 16 minutes. What did you see out of AD and Team USA in that scrimmage? Well, it was a little bit of a quiet offensive game compared to what he did in the previous game, but... It seemed like they, they were looking for him a lot, as you can expect after he had the huge game he had against Brazil. But um, just there just was a, a few missed exchanges. Um, I think they had a couple alley-oop attempts that didn't connect and a couple other plays where the timing was a little off. But, I mean, he uh, he, he, he only played like the first couple minutes of, of, of I want to say, maybe three three or four quarters. So he wasn't really out there for a big stretch, as you can as you can tell by the fact that he only played 16 minutes. But, um, I mean, USA team looked really good. They don't need him to have a huge game every night. And um, the Dominican Republic is actually one of the teams that they're going to play in Group C. So, um, hopefully for them it was a sign of things to come. They obviously didn't have a whole lot of trouble with them. I thought Dominic, the Dominican Republic actually played pretty well in parts of the first half, but it was still 22-point margin at halftime, and then it just got completely out of hand in the second half. Yeah, they're missing their best player, Al Horford, but I don't think that would have covered the 40-point differential. <laughs> they're on probably not. <laughs> if you look back at July 14th when the USA team narrowed their roster down to 19, and looking at it now, it's actually in just one month span pretty drastically different there, Jim. Yeah, it's uh, it's one thing that I noticed recently is just it's it's really it's really uh, kind of jarring if you look at it. Um, there's been about five or six guys that for various reasons have – there's been a few withdrawals like Kevin Durant, Blake Griffin, Kevin Love, all since, like you said, July 14th. Obviously, everyone knows what happened with Paul George. Um, Derek Rose has, uh, you know, some much discussed injury concerns right now. DeMarcus Cousins had some injury um, issues recently. So it's it's un it's unfortunate that there's just been so much um, unexpected things that have happened with the roster and. Unfortunately, from a big picture standpoint, I feel like the reason that they've come up with the multi-year program the last few years is because they want to have chemistry and continuity on the roster. But when you have so many last-minute changes like this, I think it's a little bit of a concern. I think against certain teams that they're, you know, far more talented than you're not going to have too many problems. But when you start playing against teams like Spain and teams that have been together for a while, I do wonder a little bit if that's something that that people need to take a close look at is just the fact that there's a lot of guys that are kind of recently been thrown into the mix like Rudy Gay and Mason Plumley, And the master plan of having a bunch of guys that have all played a lot together has kind of um, disintegrated just based on so many things that were out of everyone's control. To play devil's advocate a little bit, do you think some of this just has to do with it's only – because they're playing for the FIBA World Cup and not the Olympics. You think some of these guys that may back out last minute, contract situations, might not 
back out if this was in Rio for 2016? Yeah, I think that's definitely a good point. And I think one thing I've thought about recently, too, is it seems like there's kind of a domino effect with guys. I think leading up to the last Olympics, it was like one or two of the, the top top guys said, hey, I'm committing to play. A couple more guys would say, hey, if they're going to be there, I, I want to play, too. But I feel in some ways it's kind of the opposite domino effect can happen as well, where if a couple guys withdraw, it makes it a little bit easier from a public perception standpoint for other guys to drop out. And um, so I think it's possible that, that, that that's happened a little bit, too, that, you, you know, the more guys that say, you know, I, I need to rest, I need to get ready for the season, the easier it is for other guys to kind of follow suit. So, but I think you're right that there's definitely a little bit of a perception that, the Olympics is is a is a once in a lifetime thing where it's something you'll remember forever. The World Championships, I think, are being held in higher esteem as time goes on, but they're still not even close to that level that the Olympics is perceived as. We're talking with Pelicans.com writer Jim Eichenhofer. Jim, there's millions of articles out there, rankings of positions, teams. Uh, team ESPN forecast came out there. Pelicans were number two with team turnaround. But uh, one caught my eye this morning. Bradford Doolittle of ESPN.com Insider was ranking the power forwards this morning based on warp, which is wins above wins above replacement players. Um, AD came in at number one, which is a nice thing to have AD being recognized. Is that something, could we take anything away from this? Or is it just, hey, it's good to see AD being recognized for some of these things? I kind of see it both ways. I think there's a million different new metrics and analytics that people have come up with that you can kind of use to prove anything. But on the other hand, I think it's been great this summer, the past few months, you know, since the Pelicans played last in April, that you've seen the attention and the acclaim for him just kind of skyrocket. The fact that people have have really constantly recognized him for how good of a player he is and also how, how good he's gonna going to be down the road. So with a team that isn't on national TV a lot and I think only had maybe one or two last year, and is scheduled for I think two coming up. It's good to see him get you know the recognition that he deserves because there's I think there are a lot of casual fans that haven't seen him play, and some of the USA stuff has actually kind of been eye opening I think for people that didn't watch the New Orleans play last season. Hopefully the attention keeps going here with AD and what they will see from him at the FIBA World Cup. Let's go turn our attention preseason schedule officially announced for the Pelicans. Um, pretty interesting stuff as far as. Pelicans will only play seven preseason games instead of the normal eight. Um, don't know if that's that big of a deal, but I just want to hear your take on is the difference between seven and eight games, if there is any difference, really. I don't think there's that big of a difference. I mean, in some ways you could say it's a positive because there's there's more days between off between games. There's no back-to-backs. It seems, <laughs> it seems like you know they're going to be able to practice a lot more consistently. You definitely don't want a situation where even in preseason you're having trouble getting practices in. So I think that's good. I've noticed, though, that if uh, there's more teams this year that are playing seven preseason games across the league than eight than I, I've seen in the past. I'm not sure what the reason for that is. If maybe teams are, you know, have made a kind of a big-picture decision that it might be wise to scale back a little bit from what has been done in the past. But, um, yeah, I, I don't think it'll be that big of an impact. If anything, it might be a positive for the Pelicans. Now, some of those games that stick out, two of those seven are at home, one against the Oklahoma City Thunder, one against the Houston Rockets, both those October 14th and the 16th. Besides those two games, which ones catch your eye, or just what do you see from the schedule? It's funny when people see, saw the schedule officially come out yesterday, 
it almost seems like it was intentional that there were some tie-ins between guys on the Pelicans roster and some of the sites of the games. But I, um, actually, I'd seen some of the, these as possible um, places for games, for preseason games a couple months back before any of these guys were even a part of the equation. But obviously the, the opener for preseason is in Louisville, so Russ Smith is going to have the really cool and unique experience of playing his first NBA game back where he played college basketball and was ultra successful. Um, the other tie-in is, is um, I think Patrick Young was tweeting about this yesterday when he saw the schedule that the third game is in Jacksonville, which is, you know, where he's from. So he's excited already about being able to play, you know, back in Florida so early in his career. Um, and the third one is uh, the second-to-last preseason game on, on October 20th is kind of a return to where Monty Williams is from, at least that area. So from the Washington, D.C. area that they play in Baltimore, which is just down the road. So there's a lot of um, there's a lot of cool tie ins between guys on the Pelicans and where some of these games are being played, even though really none of them were none of this was intentional. It just kind of all worked out coincidentally in a, in a good way. Yeah. So like you mentioned, October 4th versus Miami at Louisville, it's counted as a road game. Then at Atlanta on the 6th, which is a road game. Then the 8th is considered a home game, like you mentioned, against the Wizards and Jacksonville. We'll play the Wizards twice, once in Baltimore on the 20th and then the 8th. And then, as I mentioned, 14th and 16th are home games. And then they end it in Bossier City, Louisiana, which I think is actually closer to Dallas, who we're playing, than it is for New Orleans. Yeah, I don't know a lot about, about it, but I've heard people say that um, at least prior to the Hornets moving here, that that was a pretty big uh, um, Mavericks area. So, I mean, that'll be interesting to see what kind of, you know, what the crowd looks like as far as people that are there rooting for Dallas and people that are there for that are rooting for the Pelicans. Well, hopefully Pelicans fans can show up for that one and all the games, especially the 14th and the 16th at home against Houston in OKC. Jim, what's coming up next on anything coming up on Pelicans.com in the next few days? Well, the uh, we're, I'm going to be... You know, tweeting and following the USA game tonight. They play uh, Puerto Rico tonight. They play next Tuesday as well, their last exhibition game. Um, some of the uh, Pelicans players, we'll probably get into further detail on that next week, but some of the guys are, are going to be coming in into town next week. And actually, a couple of them are already here. So we're going to try to see what we can do with those guys and, and set up some different interviews and some different um, articles and just. It's it's still pretty early, but it's yeah. it's kind of nice to get into talking about next season and being able to see some of the players come into uh, New Orleans already. We're also efforting to get you more Pelicans players on the Black and Blue Report next week. Uh, I think I saw Ryan Anderson tweeted he's back, so good to see him back and a couple other players as well. That's Pelicans.com writer Jim Eichenhofer here on the Black and Blue Report. Jim, thanks for coming on, and try to stay out of trouble this weekend. <laughs> I can't promise you anything, but um, anyways, thanks for having me, Daniel, as always. When we come back, I'll wrap things up. You're listening to the Black and Blue Report. Everything you need to know about your New Orleans Pelicans is right in the palm of your hands. The New Orleans Pelicans app is easy to use, plus makes an excellent companion whether you're watching the team in the Smoothie King Center or on the road. Recently added features on the app include the latest videos and highlights, plus access to a full list of arena amenities. Download the Pelicans app for free now on your iPhone or Android devices. 
For more information, check out pelicans.com today. Smoothie King asks, what's your purpose? My name is Trish, and I want more balance in my life. I feel like all I do is rush from one place to the next and end up grabbing a burger along the way. And then I feel guilty, and I start thinking, I need to spend an hour on the elliptical, but I don't have time. I want to eat better. I want to feel better. That's my purpose. We can blend that. Find your balance with the new Greek yogurt smoothies naturally powered by Chobani. Find pleasure in your purpose at Smoothie King. Welcome back to the Black and Blue Report. I had fun hosting today's show. Sean Kelly will be back on Monday with a full recap of Saturday's Saints preseason game. We're also efforting to get some more Pelicans players next week as they trickle into the Big Easy and start working out at the facility right across from Studio B. Don't forget you can follow the show on Twitter at Black Blue Report or myself at D. Salerson. Also follow Sean Kelly at Sean Kelly Live and John DeShazer at John DeShazer this weekend. They'll be tweeting during the game, and you can also get interviews and other videos at NewOrleansSaints.com. Thanks to JD, Bob Kravitz, and Jim Eichenhofer for coming on the show. And thank you, the fans, for another great week of the Black and Blue Report. Monday's show with Frank Caliendo, John Stinchcomb, Jeff Withy, and Kenny Vaccaro was a new Black and Blue Report record for listeners. So we appreciate you guys for tuning in every day the podcast for Saints and Pelicans fans. If you have any suggestions for guests you want on the show, you can tweet me or Sean Kelly. You can also email us, radio at pelicans.com. Well, that'll do it for today's show. Until next time, I'm Daniel Salerson. Have a fantastic weekend. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Black and Blue Report. If all goes well, we'll be back next week. Tune in each weekday at 12 p.m. or at your convenience exclusively online at NewOrleansSaints.com and Pelicans.com. Follow your teams direct from the source. The Black and Blue Report.